Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Back from Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Hope you had a good one, Dan, and everyone else. Right. Um, we're, <laughs> we're starting a new book today. We have read the first half of Legend by David Gamel. Mm. Uh, Dan, tell me, how was your holiday? Luke, the holiday was great, but I did, it did leave me with an important question that I need answered because it's come up a lot recently and I don't know what to do about it. So my cousins have children. Mm -hmm. What do my cousin's children refer to me as? Because it's not Daniel. They don't call me Daniel. They're like two and three years old. They have to call me something else. I am not their uncle. Okay? Now, uncle Uh, is what feels right to me. Uncle is like the word that feels right because, you know, these are like young children. I'm not their dad. So, uncle. Right? Um, Technically, not true. And some of my cousins are trying to be specific with with their children about who is their (laughs) uncle and who is not. So some of them have been calling me cousin, which is fine. They call me Cousin Dan. It's fine. (laughs) If we want to get truly technical, though, Luke, technically, I am their first cousin once removed. So what do these small children that I'm tangentially related to call me? Mm Hmm. Here's my here's my take. Um, I think the word uncle has lost almost all significant meaning mm. in a in a good way. Okay. Because now anybody can be uncle, basically. This is my honestly, this is my take on the whole situation. Is like an uncle is not just like a person who is your dad's <laughs> brother. Like uncle is so many. Uncle is older man adult who's like friends with your dad <laughs> here's oh actually here here's here's the here's the distinction yeah. that i think is is going to help us yeah. out here uncle can be anything when you are talking to that person uncle dan even like if i'm talking to you mm-hmm. as these kids uh, i think it's fine to call you uncle okay dan. yes yes now the difference is when you're talking to someone else and you're and they're describing you then if they say, my uncle Dan, that's wrong. Okay. Okay, but then how do you make that distinction with a three-year-old where you're like, hey, look, if you could call me... <laughs> I don't think it matters for a three-year-old. You could call me Uncle Dan, uh, but if you're talking to somebody else, you got to call me your first cousin once removed. I know it's a long, it's a bit of a mouthful, and like, what does that even mean? Uh, but you do have to tell them the truth. Otherwise, you're lying and you're going to go to hell. Sorry. <laughs> wow, that's, that's big. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we? I mean, for for at that at that age, it's always uncle. I agree. I agree with you here, but I do understand my cousins wanting to set some boundaries because if every older man in their life is uncle, whatever, they've got too many uncles, and then people are asking questions right. like, "How many brothers do you have?" Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, if but cousin is clearly wrong. Cousin, cousin is worse. Like I'm, ah, I am so much not their cousin, right? (laughs) Like a cousin is somebody that's plus or minus (laughs) ten years from you, right? 
It's the same. It's like the same age. Yeah. It's got to be roughly the same. Yeah, age. yeah, yeah. That's a cousin. Um, and like when I was growing up, I had first cousins once removed that were older. That's just Aunt Karen. Okay. That's not cousin right. once removed Karen. That is Aunt Karen. Okay. Like it's, that's just how it is. Uh, <laughs> but, but I understand the desire for a different word, Luke. And I think it provides us an opportunity to change the language here, to come up with that new, okay, the new title for your okay. older relatives that are cousins. Because mm. like, and here's the thing with this too, right? I would refer to them. I think if I was talking to other people, I would refer to them as like, I would, I would say something like they're technically my cousins, but they're real little. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Maybe like big cuz. This is my big cuz, Dan. Big, big cuz. I think that's potential. Do we, Well, do we want it to be cool? Like how cool do we need it to I be? I need to be the you know coolest I mean? fucking person in their whole life. So it needs to be peak cool. <laughs> But I, I don't think I don't think them calling you big cuz solves the problem of you being much older than them because then it's like they're talking to another kid when they're saying big cuz damn. <laughs> okay, yeah. True. <sighs> what about Kunkel? That's so <laughs> not good, bud. You knew that was bad when you said it, right? I knew it was bad before I okay. said it, but I still said it. All right. It. Um, that's not good. Uh, Dunkel feels nice, but I think it only applies for me as their... Well, and it could be confusing if you're talking about a dad uncle, which is also a strange <laughs> thing that I don't want to try and unpack. Right, right. Mm. Um, I mean, we... like. I do like that we're getting into the realm of kind of just making up words. I think we do need to do this, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Mm. I don't have it, honestly. I don't. I'm know. trying to come up with a with a different way of saying once removed. You know, like I feel like. What about what about cousin two point Cousin two. Bad backup cousin. <laughs> <laughs> my second string cousin. This is my bench cousin. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's not bad. I'm um, the bench cousin. <laughs> But that doesn't, that doesn't, like, that has nothing to do with age. You're right. Yeah. I, I feel like anytime the word cousin is involved, it's a, it's a young relationship. Like, it's a peer relationship. Right. Um, right. What if, what if we just, like, mm. what if we added a word that made it clear I was an old cousin, you know? What if we added a word, like, this is my arthritic cousin. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. Would you choose our No, 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 no. That's not the way to go. My wise... This is my wise um, cousin. Ooh. That's nice. Right? This is my wrinkle cousin. Yeah. Because... I this, don't, is my, that's, this is my I, balding cousin. If I heard wrinkle cousin, I would like... I don't know what I would think, but I would think something... Weird. It sounds sexual, doesn't it? Your wrinkle cousin? It does. My wrinkle... Yeah. I don't like it. Um, hmm. This is my gray cousin. What about gray cousin? Ooh, gray cousin. There we go. I love gray. Can cousin. we go with gray cousin from now on? I think I'm so. Old. I think so. I'm I'm grizzled. My grizzled cousin. Just give me a word that makes me sound old in front of cousin. 
Yes. That, I still think that this is kind of a narrow word, though, but I like it. You know... Because because this still doesn't fix the problem of, like, friends of the family. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Who are... But but we're not setting out to do that, I guess. No, 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 no. Um, like, deal with... Yeah. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But for now, mm-hmm. I just need mm-hmm. to solve this problem. The other thing that's infuriating to me on this is my cousins aren't consistent with their whole deal. So, like, my dad is their uncle as well. And it's like, no, he's not your uncle. He's your great uncle. So, like, maybe I should be their great cousin. Ooh. Does great cousin work? I like gray cousin more. Okay. Yeah, gray cousin feels better, although I'm sure people will hear great cousin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's fine. I think both work. Oh, did we find it? I think we did. I think so. Good for us. <laughs> Good for us. All right. I wasn't expecting us to get to get such a such a solid answer there. Uh, me neither. But I'm glad we did. So I'll, I'll next time I see him, I'm gonna be correcting them nonstop. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm not your uncle or your cousin. I'm your. Wait. So actually, <laughs> what do they? What do they tell their kid to call you right now? So they called me uncle last year. Okay. This year, there's been some correction, I think, happening. So they call me Uncle Cousin Dan. And it's like, that's the worst of both worlds. <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm Benjamin Buttoning right now. <laughs> no, it makes you sound like you are, fil- like you are both roles. <laughs> Which, which in a in a really weird family relationship. Correct. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. It makes our family sound really, really unique. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. But but yeah. Let let them know that that you've solved it for them. Mm-hmm. Gray cousin, there it is. Or G cuz. Oh, if they want to show. G cuz is good too. I do like G cuz. <laughs> We have to make sure that everybody knows that, that that's what it mm-hmm. is. So let's spread, everybody spread the word, the, <laughs> the new word for cousin once removed or something that is of an older generation is gray cousin or G cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this that's this right. is how language changes, folks. Get it out there. That's right. <laughs> okay. There we go. Um, all right, let's get, let's get to the book, mm-hmm. I guess. We're talking Legend by David Gimmel, and we have read up to chapter 16, mm-hmm. which is about halfway through. Mm-hmm. I want to start in chapter one, Luke. Can we start in chapter one? Because we're going to get to some stuff that we're going to talk uh, at <laughs> okay. length about soon. But okay. before we okay. get there, sure. I want to just, just add a little sprinkle here at chapter one. I think this is an extremely badass way to declare war. Oh, oh, the prologue. The prologue, yeah, our prologue. Okay, sure, of course, yeah, yeah, Where he's sure. like, he's got this guy, he's coming to do a little trade agreement, do a little treaty, and then Ulrich, I think is his name? Ulrich. Ulrich. Uh, Ulrich's like, actually, and he like gets all the blood of a chicken all over this like beautiful robes. He's like, ah, the omens are very bad. <laughs> oh. It's good. Oh, no, I almost want to, like, just stay with him and be like, I'm not going back to give the message because that's amazing. Can I be a part of your team now? Right. Right. He's got he's got a he's got a sense for the dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I I do. I do agree. I'm I'm for it. Um, 
And we don't know what the messenger did. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm assuming that he didn't stick around um, purposefully. Yeah. Luke, can you imagine being that messenger, though? And Ulrich doesn't say officially, like, we're going to war with you. He just says the omens are bad. Does the messenger, like, clarify? Is the messenger like, hey, just to check. Like, I think I understand, but I just want to make sure I get this right. Right. Okay, let's let's assume that the, that the messenger did, in fact, get back home to deliver this message. Mm-hmm. And this, and this was the end of the interaction. Right? Okay, so they turned around you, after you, this and then walked out. And, and, and went home. Uh, what do you say to the, to the king here when you get home? I think, this is, I think this is a huge issue. You're right, because I think you tell the king exactly what happened, right? You say, like, this is what I said, and this is what he did and said. Because it puts you in a position <laughs> where the king, the first question the king's going to ask is, like, okay but was it was he like angry did he seem angry or like are we at war is my question like did it seem like a war vibes to you right because actually what we do see is he is continuing to try to like push through a negotiation Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) this leads me to think that he he believed literally what what Ulrich said, and he was like, "Oh, the omens are go- are bad. I should I should try harder." Right. So he goes back to the king and is like, "I think you got to send some more diplomats out there. We got to work him." <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because honestly, when I first read this, I was like, because it cuts off right there. I was kind of assuming that he would, like, kill the messenger just because, like, I don't know, that was kind of the vibe. Mm-hmm. That's what I got, too. However, however, why, after coming up with this little with this little play mm-hmm. and performing it so well... Beautifully acted. I'm not killing the messenger. He's, get, he's getting home. I'm making sure that this messenger is getting home to tell this story. Yeah, okay. I... I agree with you, but it does still have a problem where you have to prep a whole sequel because if they send another messenger to be like, hey, just to clarify, because the king was asking, um, the king asked some questions that I didn't have answers to. So I just wanted to clarify some things about our (laughs) about our last interaction. Um, You can't you can't return. You can't show up with energy of like a bureaucrat in that second meeting. You can't show up to that second meeting and be like, okay, yeah, let me lay it out for you. Let me just explain the whole thing. Because it ruins the prestige, right? Sure. So you have to have a whole second act prepped where the messenger comes back and you're like, okay, now I'm going to kill a big cow (laughs) and do a slip and slide in his blood. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I do think that anyone knows what this means except for like i our 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 king of the drenay mm-hmm. or however it's pronounced is still trying things but like i it's i think it's pretty clear mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. uh preliminary question do you do you think all of this was was like choreographed and planned out ahead of time gotta be because he's wearing his armor underneath right right now 
I'm assuming he has an advisor in there. Do you think after the messenger leaves the room, they get hyped together? The advisor's like, you crushed it, man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. The, the advisor leaves, the door closes, and everybody kind of pauses and looks at each other, and then everybody goes nuts. We got it in one. Yeah. Great take, everybody. <laughs> we've been. <laughs> this is what we've been practicing for. This is what we've been rehearsing for. They have a big... <laughs> A big post-rap theater party. Mm-hmm. They all go, and they earned it, honestly. They all go over to Kevin's house. His parents are out of town. They're all still in <laughs> costume and character. That's right. You got to. You got to. Um, okay, yeah. Great, great little intro here. Now, <laughs> I do want to say... I, so I I recommended this this book or this author uh-huh. because I had read he was one of my favorites as a kid, uh-huh. um, and I don't know I was like I don't know if it holds up honestly. <laughs> oh, you don't <laughs> like, know? I know oh, you're not sure if it holds up. Not, I know we're not do, supposed to do this at the front end, <laughs> but. It's kind of a mess. (laughs) And I was bummed. I mean, I mean, I'll I'll hold out, I'll hold out judgment Mm -hmm. because this one, I, I, I I think that I read this book, but it wasn't one of my favorites, but I was, I was still expecting it to, I was still expecting to be hyped when I read Mm -hmm. it, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of cringe in it. Um, there's, it's very, it's quite simple. There's so much cringe in here, bud. Is this, can we, can we dive into some of the cringe? Cause I've, I've sure, got yeah. a few comments about the cringe. First off, Wreck meets Virene or whatever her name is. <laughs> First comment is about how she's not that pretty, but she's good at fighting. First thing. Right. I think right. even before she start, he says anything about her fighting, she's like, she's... <laughs> Rex says, first line about this woman, she's no beauty, and then says some <laughs> stuff. And it's like, Rex, dude, come on, bud. Like, anything else. Come on, say anything else, please, when you start about a person that you're meeting for the first time. Oh, <laughs> um, oh no. <laughs> Other thing, other thing, Rex. Okay, I have a note here that's just Rex. No, period. Just like no. All, all Rex and Vere scenes incredibly cringe, so far. Uh, <laughs> just peak. Is this Luke? Is this worse than Denna and Quoth? Um, in a in a, I think they're distinct. Yes, yes. Um, you've got to pick one. You've got to pick. I, you've got to pick one. That you're reading about. Ah. I think I'm reading Dena and Quoth. I, I maybe. think this is more cringe than Dena and Quoth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, in a, in a different way. In a very different way. In a, <laughs> in a very, in an extremely different way, Luke, because Dena and Quoth are like similar ages and they're like, it's like young people cringe. Uh, right. Let me give you a quote. 
Luke, let me get you just like a little quote here that talks about, that gets at the different kind of cringe we're working with. This is what Rex said about, was it Vire? Vire, when he's trying to warm her up. (laughs) In sleep, a gentle, childlike quality found expression. He kissed her gently. Sorry. There's, um... There's two readings of this that are both bad, and and it right. it has solidified into one as time has gone on. But when I read this, I was like, okay, here's two ways we could read this. Number one, uh, this is a romantic kiss, which is like bad on so many levels. Like obviously, right. childlike, not good, non-consensual, not good, uh, really bad, not good. <clears throat> Second reading, this is like a father doing like a little forehead kiss of like, oh, I'll like protect you and like, you know. Also bad, less bad, still bad because she's (laughs) literally naked. (laughs) What what are we doing, guys? Stop. No. I don't know. know. This was so hard for me to read, honestly, because as the one who recommended – the author i was reading this just like god damn it i was thinking about this the whole time i was reading it like luke (laughs) you fucking idiot it was so tough it was so tough Um, i'm imagining i'm imagining 12 year old luke like oh nice yeah (laughs) i'm i'm hoping (laughs) that the other books that i actually was really into are not are not like this Uh I don't have super high hopes for that, but someone if someone has read more David Gamel recently, please just tell me. Just say it's better than this. I don't care if it's true or not. Just tell me. Uh, this, apparently, this is when we were reading, when we were deciding what to read, this is the one that people say was critically acclaimed. I literally... We're, we're getting out of... <laughs> we'll go back. We'll go scope back. Scope here. But, but I literally, I was like... Thinking about this, I was like, man, I haven't read David Gamel in a while and I loved him as a kid. Let's let's check it out. And I like looked up. I I I searched because yeah. I was like, David Gamel's old and what are we canceling him for? Because uh-huh. I and I didn't find any. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like looking up people's recommendations. People were always like, oh yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. Everything that I found, Reddit, wherever, great, legend, great. What? <laughs> She's 19 and Wreck is like 30. Luke, we're talking about a 10-year age gap of, of, a, of a 19-year-old. Yeah. Oh, Luke. Also, all right, man, we're just, I think we just need to pop off on the cringe. Um, yeah. They love each other? Come on, guys. Okay, this is this is actually arguably... The most cringe for me. The constant, like, like love stuff. It's, like, taken very seriously. Uh, that happens in the course of, like, a day. Yeah. And is suddenly, like, the most important relationship in either of their lives. Okay, hold on, Luke. Hold on. Because I'm developing a theory. When I first read this, I was just like, this is super cringe. What's going on? I think yeah. it is so cringe that there has to be something bigger going on here. Mm, please save me, Dan. Here's save me. What's happening? Do you know how the thirty 
just like chill in a monastery all day. Mm-hmm. And they can like get in somebody's head and sort of influence their mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. The 30 are bored. The 30 are extremely bored and are creating telenovelas. Okay. This is a dramatic story. The 30 are telling themselves. They're like, let's make these two fall in love and like it'll be a whole epic quest. They'll be like doomed lovers. This will be really fun. <laughs> let's just let's just kind of nudge them a little bit in this way and that way. I like it. I like it. This is good for me. Um, it's also tough because the 30, like, kind of, like, do a little mind spy on them when they're, when they're hooking up. Exactly. Which is bad. It's so creepy, man. It's very creepy. (laughs) But I'm going to, I'm going to stick to your theory here of them just pulling some strings because it's too much. It's way, it's way too much. I think... These two people needed some friends. These two people needed some friends around to be like, sorry, what you said, you said what about this person you just met? Oh, bud, come on. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, you don't even know them, right? Right. Especially when. Yeah. Freaking wreck starts the, like the week in his good, his like, his like adopted father's in where he's just slept with his like adopted sister sort of thing. <laughs> and his adopted father is cool, like very cool with it. Um, and they're yeah, kind of joking around cool about the whole relationship. And Wreck is joking around about like maybe marrying this person. And she's like, I'd never marry you. You're absurd. And he's like, haha, well, ouch. Right. But okay, cool. Um, he went from that to like, you're the one that I've been waiting for. I've known you. I've, we've said less than 10 words to each other. And and at first I thought you weren't even pretty. Uh, and now... Uh, yeah, but Dan, when she was asleep, her face seemed really childlike. And then he thought she was pretty. So uh, Okay. It was the childlike thing that he knew it was, it was true love. <laughs> right. Golly, no. And but yeah, but yeah, so so it's suspicious, so the the 30 have to be doing something. The, the 30 sure. are a bunch of gross pedos, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um okay. Uh the I will say I'm going to move us along yeah. from from Rack. Yeah. And Veray for a second. Um, and talk a little bit about dress and our first, like, first few introductions to dress. Mm-hmm. And I also think some of these were a little bit cringe as well. Mm, okay. And here's, maybe it's not, maybe it's, I don't know if cringe is the right word, but as what happens in a lot of books when we're, being introduced to a character that we're supposed to think is really cool. Mm-hmm. They do things that are really yes, cool. Yes, of right? course. And I think my take was that the first few things that we saw Dress do were a combination of not quite cool enough um, and also just like way too unsubtle. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. So like... 
I feel like a lot of times, how am I going to say this? So one of the first ones we see is him walking through a town and he just like challenges a bunch of, uh, I don't know, people in a tavern to like a wrestling match or something. And he like dominates them and then like gives a little speech because they're all deserters. And then like one of them is like, I'm going to go back because of you. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just like it's it just felt like a uh, like and then the whole train clapped kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. To me, yeah. And it was like, uh, give me a little bit, give me a little bit more like subtlety for this. Mm-hmm. I will say this book came out in the eighties, so like the whole train clapped. Everybody was big on the whole train clapped. I think. Mm, sure. Uh, and I, I think this scene was interesting. Because, so he was calling out these deserters, right? And mm-hmm. he, like, kind of warns this guy not to attack him. And and then he uses that as the justification for taking his head off. Yeah. I don't think that's fair, man. <laughs> I think you do need to give just, like, a little bit more warning about your danger level before you you murder, you just kill somebody. Cause like it's, is it really self-defense? Like he didn't have to kill him. Mm. Right. I see what like, you mean. Like he is a strong enough Like warrior. he easily could have, he easily could have stopped him without killing yeah, him. Yeah. No question. And, and we get this, we get this comment that's made after he kills this guy in the town. That's like, wow, his hero was the legend. His, he, he, loved Druss. All he talked about was Druss, and now he's a headless corpse. Uh, I feel like Druss, you know your level, and you did give, like, a verbal warning, but come on. (laughs) Right, like, like, there are plenty of times where I've been hanging out with, like, like, uh, my younger cousins, let's say, Uh if I'm a gray cousin. Uh And they, like, kids, as they do, like, you know, will punch or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And if you say don't punch, they still do it. I'm not, <laughs> I gave them a warning, but I'm not going to just, like, deck them. <laughs> this is a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just stop them and be like, hey, don't, don't punch me. <laughs> Maybe spray them with a water gun. It's fine. Right. Right. <laughs> but you're not you're not responding. You you can't. You can't. You can't. You literally had a conversation with death like a little bit ago. You've killed like hundreds of people. You are a famous hero. Imagine the story that is told about this. Imagine the le- the story of hey this <laughs> this legendary warrior came to our town murdered a guy after telling him to not attack him right. the lesson is don't attack random we, we didn't know we didn't know that he was dress at the time yeah he was just super rude that's to how us. he came out as dress was he killed my friend and then it was like wow you were really good at that whole murder thing <laughs> not not as cool of a guy as i thought though no no dude was wearing a dress jersey it had his name and number on the back too and he still murdered him i know yeah i agree just a little more warning a a little more warning dress 
He takes it to zero to a hundred, Dan. That's how you. That's how you stay alive in this world. Oh. You can't take half measures. Um, okay. Are you ready to get to our fortress? Um, yes. But just real quick before we get there, there is this trope about northern fighters, right? Where they're like tough mm-hmm. and grizzled. And of course, Druss is following in this tradition. I think it's been really interesting to read this right after reading about North Northmen from Joe Abercrombie because they're very mm-hmm. different. Druss seems to actually believe in an honorable death. Because mm. Druss is like, yeah, I'll go fight in the fortress. And I'm doing it because it's like right. a cool, kind of a badass thing to do. And the tone, like Druss still acknowledges the reality of fighting but it fe- his tone is very different from like a shivers or a logan do you know what i mean it's it's an extremely different worldview and it it feels sort of like the anti shivers or the anti logan where they have the same sort of ideas about fighting mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. how they approach the whole endeavor is is very different. I th- I think that's true, especially at the end of Shivers. I don't I don't know if I think that's necessarily true for Logan, just because I don't think Logan is quite as nihilistic as Shivers okay. was. That's fair. Yeah. Um. But yes, they they do have the kind of like same strategies for fighting. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is Druss, like, idealistic? Mm. In a way, I guess? I mean, I think he is. And, like, the reason why I think we're hesitating is he he does these big idealistic speeches, and then in his mind he's like, yeah, all well, that's kind of not true. Uh, mm-hmm. But he still, like, gives the speech because he believes in, like, the cause. Like, he's doing it for this cause that he believes in and he knows the speech will help right right it's not like fighting's all i can ever do and i wish i didn't have to fight anymore and and like we're all just gonna die for nothing he's like yeah we this is important yeah yeah I think that's true i think that part's very different there is an interesting little uh similarity though where the what is it the the like earl mm-hmm. of the fortress dies and he like he says essentially that he was mourning for him as he was dying and then once he was dead it was like yeah he's dead yeah yeah definitely that has some similarities not quite on the same level i don't think as the things that shivers said in the last book about like after you're dead it doesn't matter because i i don't think that that's what he's saying but there's there's another little connection there i think oh definitely yeah yeah man okay uh let's go to the fortress let's go to the fortress um so we get a little a little a little very quick character growth from our boy oren Mm -hmm. here Mm mm-hmm who is the like leader of the the commander 
of the fortress. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a terrible job. Everybody doesn't like him. And as we learn a little bit more, it seems like he was just over his over his head a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, Dress helps him out. And now he's great. Now he's a great guy. He does like one bridge run with Kaladin and suddenly he's the best guy. <laughs> so here's here's my question. Yeah. Are you are you taking the do you like Orin now? I do. Or are you not buying it? I buy it. I think he just needed the opportunity. And I'm going to say this. I don't know if his character necessarily changed a whole bunch. I think he was just given the opportunity that he needed. Mm-hmm. I think he was just put in the right, right position for everyone to see his true kind of intentions and his true character. Right. Because Yes. I, I think this is true. Um, I also was a big fan of Orin after... We got the swap. And I think that actually this is what I remember that I did like about this author, mm-hmm. which is that he was very good at like quickly making characters very like interesting or have like, I don't know, uh, like something that makes you care about them really strongly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I for sure agree with you here. This subverted my expectations about this character a lot. Because I was, as soon as we heard about him, I was like, oh, we've we've heard of this character before. Like, we know this guy. Classic. We're going to have to be fighting and, like, struggling to, to make progress, like, around this guy. He's going to be a super big obstacle for us. Ugh. And turns out, no. He's, he's kind of a delight, actually. He is kind of a delight. Um, and also, since you made a connection to... Um, the previous book. I'm going to make a connection to another mm-hmm. book, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So initially, I was going to say this about uh, Bregan, uh-huh. who is uh, one of the small characters, one of the like farmers yeah. uh, that becomes one of the soldiers, and he's like really bad at fighting. He's like a cull like in the army right now. Yeah. I was going to say, is he the inspiration for Samuel Tarly? Oh, but then I thought, um, Oren actually a better Samuel Tarly. Oh, because Oren has Samuel? like a noble. Yeah, it's Samuel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause Oren. Cause they're both like, they're... yeah. Oren especially has a, has a little bit of nobility to him. He's like a disfavored son yeah. who sucks at fighting and everybody makes fun of him for being, um, for being a bigger fella uh-huh. and you get to know him a little bit and he's just trying his best. Mm. I will say he's in a position of power early on. Like he is the mm-hmm. one in mm-hmm. charge and I think he's rising to the occasion. I don't think uh, Mr. Tarley would have risen to the occasion in this way. <laughs> Um, sure. I always thought about like Frodo and Sam for like, if Sam okay. was less, if Sam was a little less brave, he would have been a Samwell Tarly. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but hmm, that's interesting that you're, huh? 
I, I don't know if they're that similar, but both of these characters kind of gave me those vibes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do appreciate that they're both like very afraid of what's happening around them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, speaking of other other characters that have interesting names, Luke, our, uh, our buddy who's bringing all the archers to the fortress, <laughs> did we catch his name? Oh, my guy Bowman. Good old Bowman is coming. Hated. You know what he's bringing? <laughs> Arrows. Well, what kind of weapon do you think he Arrows uses? and uh, bows, maybe? Mm. Um, Could be. I, I interpreted this actually as a pseudonym. Yeah, Okay. I think so. Okay. So he wasn't, he just is not creative. He wasn't. He wasn't just literally. <laughs> it is named funny Bowman. because I assume not. It is funny though because he he does seem very like very creative in the way that he talks and stuff like uh-huh. that. So I'm choosing to believe it's an inside joke. <laughs> okay. Where where he came up with all these all these great funny names, and everybody was like, "No, those are too much." And he's like, what about just Bowman? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's very good. Because uh, it's either that or he had no time and he he was just busy with other <laughs> stuff and it crept up on him. And then finally, Buddy was dressed, was asking what his name was. And he was like, oh, name, name. <laughs> Where's the name? <laughs> that's good. That's that's a good one, too. Bowman. It's the, it's <laughs> he looked down what was in his hand. I can't believe Just doesn't say anything about it either. Nobody does. Like, what? It cannot possibly be Bowman. It is, so surprise. Maybe it's because we're reading it, right? Um, maybe it's spelled this way, but it has a very strange pronunciation. You know? help, help me out here a little, Luke. Boffman. No. Hi, my name is Boffman. Boffman? I don't know. I don't know how... Maybe people are doing crazy stuff with W's What about, like, Baalman? Baalman. I think even that, I would be like... I would, after thinking about it for a second, I'd be like, you mean Bowman? Yeah, yeah I would probably do that, too. would be like, spell it out. Literally spell it for me. <laughs> it's a tough one. Boomin? Boomin. Do you think they just all? Because okay, so most of these people are archers. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I'm choosing to believe that they have some other specialists. Yeah. Do you think that they have some guys that are like axe guys that are named axe some guy people that are? <laughs> so we've got bowman, axe guy, sword boy. <laughs> um. <laughs> There's some more, I'm sure. You gotta, you gotta earn your name, though. <laughs> there's a lot of them, though. They can't all be Bowman. I know. That's why there's only one. You, you gotta be. Oh, you have Bowman to be the to one. Be named Bowman. You have to be the best. I see. To get Bowman. Okay, I see. It's a title, then. Yes. It's like wearing the yellow jersey in the tour. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. That's gonna be awkward on those pardon <laughs> on those pardon papers, though. He's going to be the only one that doesn't get 
a long-term pardon, right? Because as soon as somebody else beats him in archery, he's not the bowman anymore. Yeah. He's and he's just Harold. You know what? That's fine. Harold's a great name. Better than Bowman, I think. Agreed. Um, okay. They they do a bunch more training, right, once uh, once Dress gets there. It's super intense. Mm-hmm. I had a note before this started that I modified later, which is uh, our, our two farmers complain about the mid-morning meal, mm-hmm. which I'm choosing to call either second breakfast or 11 mm-hmm. And it's black bread and cheese. Yeah. And cream cheese. And cream cheese. It sounds fine to so me. It sounds like a bagel. It sounds good. It sounds like a bagel, guys. It's <laughs> I don't know what you guys are complaining about, uh, especially because they're like three days in a row of of this. Those are, those are rookie numbers. Oh, absolutely. Um, same breakfast every day. That's... Like, anyway. Talk to me when you've got um, years, guys. <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me when you've got seven hundred straight days of cornflakes, fellas. Come on, and going strong. I haven't been counting. So strong. <laughs> um, but do you think that after they start this intense training, they up the caloric intake? Mm, they have to. They have to. Otherwise, you're losing your gains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to be. Because the gains are what we're going for, right? That's why we're doing the training. We're trying to get gains. Right, right. Um, The tough thing is... I don't know who's in charge of this, but I'm worried that they're not not thinking about it, right? Considering Hmm. how bad the management was before Druss gets there. I'm assuming Druss is not like, hey, also... We need some more protein uh, now that we're doing intense stuff. Yeah. And so it's going to fall to a random dude. You're right. Dress is not going to say anything about this because he feels like the kind of tough guy who who ignores his body, who is like, I am tough in mm-hmm. spite of my body. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll train, but I don't like need to get a, one of those protein shakes. Come on. Right, I eat, I eat dried meat and raw vegetables, and wine, as he says at one point, and wine that I brewed myself. <laughs> um, mm. how do you even broach that topic though? Like, did they know at the time that you have to feed them more? They had to have known, right? I assume so because okay, here's the thing: if they're doing this much more exercise, yeah. I after like after midday Mm -hmm. everybody's like hey man i am starving (laughs) i need another one of those bagels let me get a snack let me get some jerky (laughs) please so i i have to think that even if they didn't anticipate it they have to have realized it pretty soon afterwards i think you're right i think this is not that hard of a this is not that big of a problem though because from what it sounds like they have a good amount of food and food isn't really mm-hmm. the issue right now. Like they're bringing in a lot of food, and I imagine they're doing buffet style at lunch. And mm-hmm. day day three and four, the cooks are like, "What is happening?" Because we keep running out. Um, 
but after the first week, they've probably they've probably adjusted the expectations in the in the buffet hall. Mm-hmm. These yeah. guys have been getting these guys have got to be getting stacked though, right? Like absolutely. Oh, for sure. Shredded right now. <laughs> Doing some stretcher carries with like five hundred pound rocks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The delts? Can you imagine the delts? Huge. <laughs> They're not fitting through doors, okay? <laughs> the my, my my concern is that um we're not accounting for muscle soreness. Oh, not at all. Are you kidding? You think Druss is go- is the kind of guy who's going to be like, "Oh, you're sore. We need to have a recovery day." <laughs> You gotta you gotta plan these things out, right? You gotta do day. This day is a workout day, and then we have uh, we have running day slash strategy day next. Nope, nope. I don't think he's doing definitely it. not. I mean, every time they describe his body, he's like his muscles are like knotted cords, like underneath his skin, and it's like, yeah, okay. So, dude needs. He's very buff, but he does need a foam roller. He needs a foam. <laughs> he needs a massage and a foam roller. You take an ice bath every so often. Whenever he keeps complaining about his knee, mm-hmm. do you think there's a physical therapist off to the side? Like, if you would just do, if you would just do the maintenance I told you, literally ten minutes a day of PT, and that would fix it. Just a little, just a little exercise band. You don't need to lift rocks the whole time. Oh, yeah. Mm. I actually have have a question here. And this is sort of near the end of the of the reading about Druss. And you mentioned that Druss is sort of like cringe in a different way. Mm. He he is called the legend, right? Mm. Yes. And we get to the scene where he foils this assassination attempt and is like drugged and kills like four people and evades a fifth who like ambushed him in a how is he this cool he's so cool (laughs) i feel like even somebody who's called the legend this is an assassination attempt which also guys just poison is fucking why why did you have to get all fancy with it who cares? <laughs> Especially because the reason they didn't poison it is because it would implicate this guy who ends up killing himself anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, espe- wow. Especially, Luke. Dude, these people are so dumb. These people are so freaking dumb. They told him where to go, right? So imagine the plan worked flawlessly. Right, the plan that they that they wanted to do worked flawlessly, where Druss was drugged, he shows up to their inn, and they jump him and murder him. Right. Somebody gave Druss the message of where to go. Right. Druss just didn't show up. They he was told to go to a place and then murdered. Who's prime suspect number one? The person that owns the freaking inn that they were supposed to be at, and anyone who was there. <laughs> well, well, also like. I, I don't know if he was expecting to survive this, but the, I, I forget the officer's name. Um, but like everybody is like, hey, Dress, uh, this whatever his name is, has been wanting to see you. 
he said he would meet you in this dark alley yeah, over there. Yeah. Now, if the assassination works, hey, who do you guys think did it? <laughs> uh, oh, you mean, you mean, you you mean when Dross went into that dark alley to meet that officer in our <laughs> army? Oh, I don't know if we'll ever be able to figure out who did it. It was dark, so we couldn't. Nobody could see. It was super dark. Who was there? I mean, we, that guy tried. That guy tried to help and and save him, but wasn't. Didn't get there. Didn't get to the alley in time. Yeah, I guess. turned out he was he was like just two minutes away, and he didn't make it there. God. Yeah, it's not a great. It's not a great effort. No, it sucked. Um, but but back to your original point about how dress is this cool. Um, uh, it's a good question. Oh, I'll there, didn't mention it, it, he took a club to the side of the head to start this fight. Sorry, that was the other thing. Right, and was and was like semi drugged ahead of time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this, all of this, and then he just like totally murked these guys. <laughs> Barely took a right. scratch. Um, <laughs> I mean, so we don't hear anything about this, but it is like a magical world yes this is true so he could have some kind of inherent little magic that makes him faster and stronger or something i don't know i mean yeah you know what luke you know how we could have done this instead of challenging a world-class melee fighter to a fight everybody has bows Mm. five people with bows he's in an alley just one of us is going to hit. Go do crossbows. Also. Crossbows have several ready. He doesn't carry a shield. Mm-hmm. Did you see the scene where he chopped the arrow out of the air, though, Dan? Yeah, that was one. I'm talking five. <laughs> you call him it's, Deathwalker. I mean, you call this guy Deathwalker, okay? You don't send your C team. This is true. This is very true. It's all they, maybe it's all they've got in there. If that's all they can spare. Specialized skill to be able to inf- infiltrate and be a spy. So they didn't have, they, had, they worked really hard on being good spies. They didn't have time to work on being good fighters and strategists. Dude had 11 years. Here's, here's what happened. Dude was there for 11 years and he never thought he'd get called up. He was just chilling. And then suddenly one day, it's like, hey, actually, we do need you to kill this guy. It's like, oh, but I have a wife now and a kid. I didn't really think I was going to have to, you know, we had a pe- we, we had a treaty. Didn't what, what happened to that treaty we had? I thought that was really cool. Can we do that again? <laughs> You're right. He, he for sure didn't expect to be, to be called on. Man, that's a tough phone call. <sighs> to get yeah well you imagine you get a pigeon you're just like hanging with your pigeons one day like oh you guys are so cool i love you wow i have such a great life here it's it's kind of a cool little town i got a nice wife and then a pigeon comes in and it's like we're on the way i be ready sweat i'm just sweating immediately oh for sure it's like oh how do i respond do i even respond do i pretend like i didn't get it (laughs) new pigeon who yeah new pigeon who did you're classic Hmm? You got to do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, not a great, not a great assassination attempt. 
Um, okay. I have one last note. Okay. So this fortress has been constructed with multiple walls, and the big weakness at the time is that between the walls, the city has grown, and there are a bunch of houses. Mm-hmm. And so Druss comes along and is like, we need to tear down the houses to, like, obviously make the fortress better. Mm-hmm. And he gets a lot of complaints from the homeowners. Yes. Which on one level I can understand because, like, you don't want your house to be torn down. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, what? Who are? No. Obviously, we're tearing these down. We have a an army coming who everyone thinks and knows is going to destroy us. And they famously, like, kill a bunch of civilians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to let us tear the house down. Luke, I, we're, we haven't done this segment in a while. We're doing a Dan does the math. Because I think Ooh, okay. Trust did not do the math here. And these homeowners have a great point. Because, <laughs> because Luke, the, the sections of the city that he is having torn down are the outer ones, right? I think so. Yeah. And this is like a circular wall, right? Well, it's it's in a pass, I think, right? Oh, maybe it's in a pass. Okay, so these are just straight I mean, the line wall, walls. The, the the wall it might still be like a curved wall. I'm not I'm not okay, sure. Okay, yeah, if these are straight line, I know it's not like a full circle. Okay. You're right. I think it is sort of a straight line wall. That said, where are all these people going? If there is any curve to this wall, by the way, um, as you go further out, it's way more area that you're dealing with. Right. So like the people between walls one and two, there's a lot of area between that, those two walls, than the walls between like five and six. If it's, if it's like a curve. Assuming it's, assuming it's curved. Yes. If it's not, if it's straight, there's still a great question of like, yeah, all these people need to go somewhere. Like... Where are they going? Yes. I, I I will say this is not a circumstance in which the city is surrounded. They because it's it's blocking a pass, mm-hmm. so people can leave the city back to the south, I think. Now, it is their like home, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's tougher than I was originally thinking, but I still think we're taking down the houses. Yeah, I mean, this is classic Tyrion to re- to relate it back to Game of Thrones once again. This is classic Tyrion burning all of the huts up against the walls at King's Landing right before the Battle of the Blackwater. Uh, not a very popular move. It seems to go fine for Druss though. Uh, comparatively, well, he's a legend. He is the he is a legend. Uh, I Luke. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Because I'm having some trouble with the strategic... Luke! Okay. Okay. There's some problems here. If this place isn't circular, I had just been assuming that it was circular and it could be surrounded because it seemed like they were preparing for a siege. If it is not circular and if they're not going to be surrounded, why are we not manning this? This is this is not a so, siege. Uh, so the... 
<laughs> there you can get supplies there you're not just abandoning a bunch of people inside a castle and hoping you can get food to them like you can keep sending food to them and new soldiers and like just why are we not manning this like everyone should be there <laughs> This is this is true, but I I do think that this is the critique of the, the people say this actually in the book. Mm-hmm. They're complaining about the king or emperor or whatever he is having drawn down the army so much to focus on trying to get trade agreements with this guy. Yeah, and so I think what they're saying is that this is the entire army basically. The, okay, but this isn't all the people, right? <laughs> Sure, I get it. You're you're saying that this is like the best place to stop them, so just like everybody's going. Yeah, this is a, this is an amazing place to stop them. You know they're all coming. It's right. low stakes too, right? Like maybe you go you have like a 6-month shift and yeah, it's dangerous, but you know you're going to be replaced by somebody else coming along because everybody has everybody drew it's a big draft and everybody drew a little number and the number is when you have to be on the wall. Cause like, right. Do, and then here's the thing about it too. Like you can maintain all your like farming infrastructure behind the wall. Like everything is fine on the other side of the wall. Just keep sending the food there. <laughs> also like the main thing that they need is archers. Right? Yeah. I don't know if this is true, but I assume that archery is quicker to learn, at least like on a passable level for this circumstance, than like hand-to-hand fighting. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. So just like next city over is like our archery training city. And people, (laughs) we're just drafting people in. They spend like two weeks learning how to shoot. And then they do a quick, they do a stint at the wall and cycle through. Yeah. I mean, this is why they're going to, they're not going to make it, right? This is why everyone's talking about how they're going to collapse because mm-hmm. if, if you and I, two idiots with a podcast, can sit here and figure this out, like everybody knows. Everybody knows how it should work. That's right. That's right. Oh, it's not looking good. Mm, definitely not. I also want to point out so there is this moment where two of the sailors are talking about the the nadir our our enemy combatants and one Mm -hmm. of them says like oh yeah those nadir they're just like anyone uh because they're talking about how our our 30 and wreck and vire are going to the the fortress and he's like oh yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. they're gonna go fight the the nadir like but they're kind of just like anybody then he goes into a story about how he once dated a, a Nadir woman who then went on to date somebody else that she murdered and took his horse to give to a Nadir man. Like, that's the next thing he says. He says first, oh, yeah, they're just like anybody else. And then he tells this wild story about a girl he dated that murdered someone for their horse so she could go marry a Nadir man. That... I don't know if that's classic stuff, buddy. I don't know if that's just like every, you know, casual everybody is like this This is what everybody does, Stan. You don't understand. That's the world. Just human nature, I guess. (laughs) This guy, this guy uh, goes for a certain type of person. 
Maybe every woman he's dated has been like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what keeps happening. So to him, it's true. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, they're just like anybody else, Luke. I'm, I'm fine with them taking over. Yeah. Same. I think open the gates. They've got a sense for drama. Great actors. Great sense for drama. There's a lot of them. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> That's right. So, I say just let them in. Sure. Oh, boy. Well, Luke, we're going to finish up next week. Yep. We're going to see if any of these prophecies come true. A lot of death. There's a lot of talk of, of people dying. Hmm. I'd love to see it proved wrong. I'd love for once for a prophecy to just be objectively wrong. And for all the characters mm. to be like, oh, guess that guy was full of shit. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. So I'll be looking for that in this in this back half of the legend. And I'm sure we'll be bringing hot takes. They're definitely being dumb nerds. 